Hello, market meditators, and welcome to your daily market briefing. Short, snappy, no BS, 10-minute daily updates about the crypto markets. Delivered to you by me, Kin. On Tuesday, Sam Bankman-Fried arrived at a New York court to face charges for the collapse of FTX. Guys, we're going straight this way. Come with me. Sam, hold on to me, Sam. Let's go. Sam, it's me. You got it, Sam. Sam, how are you going to plead this morning, today? In what has shocked not only everyone in the cryptocurrency markets, but anyone who follows the news in any capacity, Sam Bankman-Fried has pled not guilty to all US criminal charges. In today's call, we will Number one, do a brief refresher on what has happened with FTX so far. Number two, cover the details of what was said and done in court on Tuesday. And number three, I will share three disturbing reasons why this is the biggest twist in the FTX scandal so far. I know many people, myself included, were deeply impacted by what has happened with FTX. So let's all make sure we're exactly up to date on what is going on. Number one, a brief refresher on what has happened with FTX so far. The nature of the rise and spectacular fall of FTX can be summarized quite quickly. FTX was actually founded in 2019 by former Wall Street trader Sam Bankman-Fried and ex-Google employee Gary Wang. FTX really started making the headlines in 2021 when they concluded a $900 million funding round, valuing the exchange at $18 billion. They also signed their famous sponsorship deal with Mercedes Formula One team and then went on to raise capital at a valuation of $25 billion just a few months later. Early 2022 included a series of other funding rounds. Another very famous deal, FTX signs for naming rights for the home arena of basketball's Miami Heat in a deal reportedly worth $135 million, as well as signing a deal to buy BlockFi. It wasn't until later in 2022 that things started to look a bit suspicious. It began with rumors that FTX's offer to a partial bailout of bankrupt crypto lender Voyager Digital was a low ball bid. A US bank regulator then ordered FTX to halt false and misleading claims it has made about whether funds at the company are insured by the government. So there were things bubbling away under the surface, but it really hit home in around about November. The crypto news website Coindesk reported a leaked balance sheet that shows Alameda Research, Bankman Fried's crypto trading firm, was heavily dependent on FTX's own native token, FTT. The Reuters news agency was unable to verify the report. Then, four days later, Binance CEO CZ said his firm plans to liquidate its holdings of FTT due to unspecified recent revelations. At first, Bankman Fried said FTX is fine and assets are fine. We had a little bit of a confusing situation with Binance where they said they had a plan to acquire FTX but then decided not to acquire FTX. But things really, really hit the fan in November 10th when FTX suspended onboarding of new clients as well as withdrawals until further notice. And of course, November 11th, FTX starts a voluntary Chapter 11 proceedings for bankruptcy in the US along with its US unit, crypto trading firm Alameda Research, and nearly 130 other affiliates. 
And of course, Bankman-Fried resigned as CEO. Fast forward to today, and it has been a little under two months since the once major crypto exchange FTX filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and Bankman-Fried stepped down as CEO, only to be replaced by Enron turnaround veteran John J. Ray III. It was on December the 13th that the U.S. House of Financial Services Committee held its first hearing focused on FTX's collapse. Ray sat as the only witness for the hearing as Bankman-Fried, who was originally scheduled to testify, was unable to join after being arrested in the Bahamas. When asked if FTX had significant risk management systems, Ray said at the time there were virtually no controls and no separateness whatsoever. Later in the hearing, Ray disclosed that there was no board overseeing FTX aside from Bankman-Fried. FTX, once valued at $32 billion, didn't have an accounting or human resources department. It did, however, have a legal department and employees with compliance titles, but no department for them to call home. After being arrested in the Bahamas, Bankman-Fried was extradited to the US, and just last month, a US judge released Bankman-Fried on an infamous $250 million bail bond after he was extradited. The bail package allowed Bankman-Fried to remain under house arrest at his parents' home in Palo Alto, California. And whilst all this has been happening for the FTX CEO and founder, the co-founder Gary Wang and Alameda's Caroline Ellison have both already pled guilty to criminal charges. Wang and Ellison plan to cooperate with prosecutors and will be major witnesses given their close ties to both Bankman-Fried and FTX and its affiliated crypto hedge fund Alameda. So there's our whistle-stop tour of everything that has gone on with FTX. Let us now move on to what happened yesterday in the court hearing. And of course, once we've covered the court hearing, we'll move on to those three disturbing facts about this case. So yesterday, or Tuesday, former FTX CEO SBF pleads not guilty to US criminal charges. In fact, SBF pled not guilty to all eight counts of US criminal charges on Tuesday. Criminal charges against the 30-year-old former billionaire include wire fraud, conspiracy to commit money laundering, and conspiracy to misuse customer funds, among others. The former FTX CEO is also facing suits by the SEC and CFTC over similar charges. A bit of context on plea deals just to understand what's going on here. If you are charged with a crime and you have to go to court, you will be asked whether or not you did the crime. This is called entering a plea. So you can plead guilty or not guilty. What happens if you plead guilty like Caroline did, for example? Pleading guilty means that you admit you did the crime. And if you plead guilty, the court will decide what should happen next, which could be a fine or a prison sentence. Very importantly, though, if you plead guilty, and the sooner you plead guilty and you are cooperative, you can see that your sentence is very much reduced. So you could see that your prison time is cut down significantly. So probably Caroline thought or knew she was guilty, and if she went to trial, she would have definitely been guilty. So as a trade-off, it made more sense to plead guilty initially, not go to trial, and get a reduced sentence. And what happens if you plead not guilty like Sam has done? Well, pleading not guilty is kind of what it says on the tin. It means you saying you didn't do the crime, or that you had a reasonable excuse for doing so. The court will then have a trial to decide whether you did. If the court decides that you did, this means you will be convicted, and the court will decide what sentence to give you. 
You may get a longer sentence, as we've discussed, after conviction at trial than if you pleaded guilty. So SBF is taking a bit of a risk here, possibly looking at a longer sentence by going to trial. As it stands, Bankman Fry's plea deal is a risky move, as he diverts from his former colleagues who pled guilty. In general, many crypto community members view Bankman Fried's attitude as cocky. Given the media tour he went on before being arrested, where he appeared on network shows like Good Morning America to platforms as niche as crypto-focused Twitter spaces. So we've covered the court case, we've covered the timeline of FTX so far, it is time to move on to our three disturbing facts about this latest saga of the FTX scandal. The first disturbing factor about all this is the fact that SBF gets to keep bail cosigners secret, just like his lawyer did for G. Lane Maxwell. As mentioned previously, last month the US judge released Bankman Fried on a $250 million bail. Bankman Fried's lawyers filed a letter to the Manhattan Federal Court on Tuesday seeking redactions of the names of two individuals who intend to help secure his multi-million dollar bail in attempts to protect them from public attention. The lawyers argued there's no need for public disclosures after his parents were, quote, have in recent weeks become the target of intense media scrutiny, harassment and threats. Among other things, Mr. Bankman-Fry's parents have received a steady stream of threatening correspondence, including communications expressing a desire that they suffer physical harm. Judge Kaplan granted the request in court Tuesday without prejudice. Federal prosecutors made no objection to the decision. So, there are two people supporting Sam Bankman-Fried, helping him out on this ridiculous bail, and the public, me and you, are not going to find out who these parties are. Disturbing reason number two. Suspicious on-chain activity. Despite claiming that there is no money left for Sam Bankman-Fried, that he's gone broke, not only has he magically been able to afford this $250 million bail with two secret counterparties that we won't know who they are, but it looks like he's actually accessing money to the tune of $1.5 million. Sam Bankman-Fried may have cashed out a significant sum from his on-chain wallets, about $1.5 million. As noted by DeFi analyst Bowtie Deguana, on-chain data shows that on December the 27th, a wallet associated with Bankman-Fried sent some ETH to a newly created ETH wallet. We actually know that the original wallet belonged to Sam Bankman-Fried because he tweeted the address in the past. There were then also a series of other transactions with wallets that are tagged on Etherscan as belonging to Alameda Research. Adding up all of these transactions, it seems like $1.5 million was obtained. And now we move on to disturbing reason number three, which I think is one of the most disturbing. Number three, it appears as though the White House is trying to wash their hands of any association with Sam Bankman-Fried. In fact, the White House has recently claimed that the meetings between SBF and senior Biden officials were about the COVID-19 pandemic. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember Sam Bankman-Fried being a medical or health policy expert. Yeah, so let me uh, give you a couple of a couple of uh, a few rundowns here. Um, so 
Uh, as we've pre previously confirmed, as you know, I know you're following this very closely, these meetings included uh, Steve Reschetti and Bruce Reed. Uh, the meetings focused on pandemic prevention related to uh, Sam Bankman-Fried's foundation and general information on the cryptocurrency industry and crypto exchanges. White House records recently made public have revealed that Sam Bankman-Fried met with senior Biden administration officials in the White House on four occasions over the course of 2022 including a justice-closed visit on September the 9th. As we've just seen when pressed on the subject during a press conference on Tuesday, Karine Jean-Pierre insisted that all meetings between White House officials and the fallen crypto mogul focus primarily on pandemic preparedness initiatives. In the months preceding Bankman Fried's downfall, the crypto executive donated some $46.5 million to political causes, including $5 million to a political action committee or PAC that fueled a national pro Biden ad blitz in the final weeks of the 2020 presidential campaign. The press secretary refused to comment regarding whether the president will return any donations made by Bankman Fried or thinks any other Democratic politicians should. She said, I don't have anything to share. And since it's unclear how customer funds were being used, it probably leaves some thinking, were customer funds used to do this, to fund this? So Sam Bankman Fry's trial date has been set for October the 2nd, 2023, but no doubt a lot more updates, evidence, information is going to come out in the run-up to this trial. In terms of how the trial will play out, you would hope that the evidence against Bankman Fried would be overwhelming. But his plea of not guilty clearly suggests that he thinks he has some way of getting out of this not guilty. Thank you for listening. I will catch you tomorrow.